Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Take me back like many, many, many years ago when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Hmm. A lawyer. Well, first I was a cowgirl. I was rodeoing. So, you know, I was going to ride horses forever. And then I got 16 and I had to trade my, car, my horse in for a car. True story. <clears throat> her name was Trudy. I had to sell her. Um, so, yeah, I went out to college to start being a lawyer. was what I really went off to go do. And then Dennis Waitley gave me the book Think and Grow Rich. That was right before I started school and I changed to business and finance. When, at some point probably in your mind, the light bulb went off and like things clicked and you, so walk me through where, where, or do you remember where that was and how that happened? You thought, oh no, I see where I'm. It was July, uh, 1983. Isn't that funny? I had just graduated high school. Now you can all count the age. I'm 56, so let's do the math for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, and my family thought I was crazy, and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wasn't going to get a job. So I started to learn to be an entrepreneur, and um, I, so I was on a basketball and academic scholarship, uh, but it wasn't enough money, so I either had to get a job or figure out how to pay for it, and, so I, and I, you know, I did the whole loan thing. <clears throat> and I remember going into a gym, and people were following people around, and I remember looking at the owner, I said, what are they doing? And he said, that's called personal training. I remember this was like 83, and I said, how much do they make? Because I was interviewing for like eight, nine dollars an hour. He said 40. I said, I'm a personal trainer today. And <laughs> that was uh, so throughout my whole college, I was a personal trainer. And then I got uh, certified in aerobics, you know, when that was a thing. And I did aerobics instruction. And I walked into banks in my little leotard and I said, All your employees need to get healthy. Can I teach a class? And of course, you know, all the ladies said, Yes. And I, they all, you know, paid me 10 bucks. So um, that grew, and so by the time I graduated, I was making hundreds of thousands. I mean, I, would, I crushed it. I had, I had booked so much aerobics and personal training. I was, had my basketball teams working for me. I had, a, I had several corporate contracts, and, and don't ask me how I remember to do that. I just hustled. I just got it done. But it was, you know, a lot, I think it was actually, if I had to say what motivated me is the thought of getting a job was probably more scary than just figuring that stuff out. It was easier to be creative and figure out how to make way more money than go be told what to do by someone else. That was not very attractive. <laughs> on the scale of how, on how much you conform or don't, so like a zero or whatever would be, whatever non-conforming 10 would be totally, or, or whatever. Where, where, do you, where do you fall on the conformity scale and how do you, because you- That's funny. Um, so do you guys have on your badge, you know, the color outside the lines? I said, I live with no lines. So none. In fact, I remember, so my mom and dad told me this when I was seven, you know, I was always the little, like, I remember asking, we were sitting at the dinner table and was, like, we had to come in, you know, we lived on a big family farm. I just remember saying, why do we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner? What if you're not hungry? Like, why do we have to eat at those times? Why, who makes this stuff up? That was a seven. So I don't know. It'd just, it'd be interesting to dissect what goes on up here. But if someone's doing that, I will usually figure out how to do that. I mean, unless you really see that it's working. But so many people are clueless, and they don't know how to do half the stuff. So I usually, you know, I've been mentored, though, since I was 17. Like that bank that I walk into, 
uh, Ross was his name, he was the bank president. I said, I need to be told, like, how, you, people put money here. <clears throat> I said, I need a mentor. At 17, I didn't know really, really what, what it was. He said, well, what are we gonna do? I said, I just wanna talk to you. And that's how my first mentoring began. And then a couple years later, I got introduced to Born Rich and Bob Proctor. And I remember about 20-ish years old. And uh, he's like, it's $25,000 to work with me. I said, you understand, like, I'm a college kid. Like, that's funny. I mean, I kind of was making money, but that's, yeah, it's interesting. I would rather figure it out and have more certainty in what I know how to perform than conform. That was just an odd behavior all along. Damn. <laughs> you, you and your title of Millionaire Maker, tell me how that title mm. came about. Did, did you claim it yourself? Did someone give it to you? How did, how did that come to be? <clears throat> McGraw-Hill gave it to me. So in... Um, so a little trajectory for those watching. So 19, you know, I, I uh, did the fitness thing. I got a master's in exercise physiology because I didn't want to get a job and didn't know what else to do and companies were paying me. So I got a master's and then uh, I got a job. Or actually, it became a job. First, it was a contract with Chevron to build 272 fitness centers on the offshore rigs at 24 years old. I remember flying back and they, you know, I said, I, I'll figure out how to do this. So I said, yes, I had no idea what I was doing. Flew, moved from Nebraska to New Orleans. So that's kind of began my... And, um, but then during that time, I couldn't afford the helicopter insurance and I ended up getting, having a job for Chevron, which then took me around a lot of places, landed in San Francisco. <clears throat> and then, um, 1996, Bob Proctor said, you know, there's somebody you need to meet, a man and a woman. And he built this game and, uh, he said, you need to fly to Scottsdale like the next day. And I was like, I can't fly to Scottsdale the next day. He said, you have one chance. So I flew and I sat around Sharon Lecter's kitchen table and I walked out. And uh, I became the master distributor of the cash flow game. I went back and I quit Chevron, followed a Japanese guy in a game around, because nobody knew who he was until 98, 97, 98. So that's kind of the trajectory. And then 99 became a millionaire in real estate and gas and oil. And then fast forward. So I love Jay Conrad Levinson's marketing stuff. Loved it. And this was before I think Infusionsoft and Keep and I was in ACT and all these. But I remember really young Bob said, whoever monetizes the biggest databases win. And I thought, well, what's a database? You know, so I'm saving every card and putting it on a spreadsheet. And I remember ACT was my first one. And then I don't know, then I hire people to help me do that because I'm not very technical. So I would just have people keep moving this little database along. And Jay Conrad Levis and I followed meticulously. And I said, well, if you're doing guerrilla marketing books, I want to do a Girl Wealth book. And he said, we do what marketing. Are you not getting the memo? I said, no, we have to do the book. So I did what I do. And I said, I'll make you more money as an author than all the other authors. So I got the book Girl Wealth. And then that McGraw-Hill called me and said, we need you to write. Susie Orman talks about just how to stay safe. You make millionaires in real estate. And I said, they just go to tours and they follow me around. Like I didn't really have a system. And so we began the book. And so McGraw-Hill, I said, what are we gonna call it? Like financial freedom was a name, financial directive. We had all these funny names. And then we did, they did a focus group with Barnes and Noble. That's how I've learned how to do a lot of my stuff. It was brilliant. It is whole focus group and the focus group named it. And they came back and they said, you want to be the millionaire maker? I said, what? Like, no, like what? And uh, I said, yeah, why not? I'll take it. And that became the book. And that became the beginning of this whole, this chapter. This was a very different chapter than the one before. You have morphed and changed so many things over do you When people ask you now what you do, what, is, what do you say your occupation is? What do you, like if you say, I am a 
whatever. It's 2021, and my job is whatever. I'm still the Millionaire Maker. But I'm starting to have a new, I'm, I have a new chapter coming. And I'm the owner of Mom's Meds. It's a medicinal marijuana license and brand. Because I think we need to kill the opiates. And I think you know me well enough, Darren. And I get on a rant, we're going to go for it. But, you know, opiates are killing our world. And too many are given for just simple ADHD and simple stuff that you don't have to take those drugs. And not that I think kids should be taking marijuana at a young age, but we're doing a lot of NIH studies. I have a brilliant doctor in Orange County, has 17 marijuana studies on dementia, Alzheimer's seizures, 17 medical claims. And it's like a little tiny microdose stuff, not get high, none of that stuff. So uh, I'm moving into uh, making millionaires in marijuana. It's coming soon. What? Probably not what you thought I was going to say. I didn't. I, I didn't. <laughs> Probably <laughs> Uh, and I'll still do the Millionaire Maker. I got a lifetime, you know, promise to it. And the next generation's coming up behind on who's going to be, you know, taking the reins and doing a lot of, especially the tax and the corporate structure and the trust. That team's forming in the next generation already in the 20s. We know who that team is going to be. What, I'm going to ask this later, but I'm going to ask to make sure. What is, what is your legacy? Mm. I want the, this financial conversation to have changed and left this place differently. Because we're not taught financial literacy. It's pathetic what we're taught. We're not even taught. We're not even taught to balance a checkbook. You're not taught a P&L on a balance sheet. <clears throat> we're not taught any of that. I mean, just to walk around in a day, this is my new homework assignment I give everybody now, just to walk around in a day, how many financial transactions you have unconsciously did. So you've either rent or you, right, somewhere you slept, right? So that's a financial transaction. You got somewhere, either Uber, you own a car, you bought gas, you eat food, you drink water, you have a phone, you have Zoom, you have cameras. I mean, there's probably 10 to 15 financial things that happen in your day. Most people do it unconsciously. So I want to wake people up to financial literacy. I mean, money's right up there. It's not important. It's critical. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I think some people say, oh, money's not that important. You don't need it all. Yeah, but you pretty much can't function without it. I mean, it's why there's such a big question on digital currency is can you transact? Can you go to the grocery store? Can you buy water? Can you buy gas? You know, until it becomes very transactable, people won't trust it. But it's coming. And the pandemic has rushed it to the, to the starting line. So the legacy is to leave this place with some financial literacy tools. I have a new book coming out in April. Got to say that, 2022. Um, it's uh, How to Make Your Kids Millionaires. So we walk from zero to 21. So, um, and I have a lot of really ninja high strategy and how to put your kid through school. So my son's 22 now, who will become a CPA. That's part of what we'll be holding the fort down as, uh, as we leave. Um, and so what's interesting is, you know, when I go watch my son play football, I also go see my partner. So he's, had a, he's been on, signed on to entities, got an LLC for his birthday, 18 years old. We teach it seriously. And people don't know. You know, I've been at UCLA. Steve was with me. And uh, a whole bunch of entrepreneurial training. And I said, if you're 18 and you're here at Entrepreneurial College, why don't you have an LLC? They're like, what's an LLC? <laughs> oh my God. So I want that to shift. I want people to know, I mean, they can be an entrepreneur or they can be an employee, but that choice isn't given. Everybody's forced through the employee ranks for education. And they should have a choice. I've had a pretty fun life being an entrepreneur. Yeah. So um, what, what, I don't know the exact, What's your payday? When it, when, it, when, it, when all, it all comes down to, what is it that you love doing um, that every day that like 
You know, because you can do anything you want. I mean, you can retire now if you want to, but what is it that keeps you going and what's your... You know, I'm still mom. Right now, I'm having a lot of fun with my kids. My son's 22, very active in his, you know, college and development. And in fact, just, I was there last weekend working on his resume and, you know, just what that's all going to look like and him becoming his... Like, I love being that involved. And my daughter's 15, beautiful freshman in high school. Mom, right up at the top of the list right now. And then of people that you work with, because I, I work with a lot of, of, of your people, um, and some of them, they're in different levels of competency. <laughs> um, you mean my clients? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got the babies? Yeah, yeah. I got the babies, and I got the yeah. multi-millionaires. Multi like, I got the ultra-millionaires, I got the babies. I have a range, a huge range. So, you know, it's so funny, like, being, especially at a conference, you know, here, like, people, everybody's walking around, what's your avatar, what's your avatar? It's like the human race. Like, it's just big, because everyone needs financial literacy. So it's, a, it's actually made it kind of difficult to market the brand, actually, because what do you do? Well, we teach financial literacy, and eventually you'll become a millionaire. In fact, I was on a show a little earlier today, and <clears throat> the guy said, Is, do you really have to be a millionaire? I said, we've got to at least be a 100,000-air. I mean, anything less, a little rough to be an entrepreneur. You, don't have, you can't hire people. You don't, I mean, 100,000, let's just kind of break it down. You're going to live on a bunch of it. You're going to be taxed on some of it. And then there's not enough, and just either not enough to invest or you just spend it back into your company. So how many decades is that going to go on before you actually can be free? And it, it doesn't work, I can just tell you. So, you know, I'm a passion. I like, let's get past that 100,000 mark as fast as you can. Because then you have the money to hire people. Then you can kind of have a life and you have money to invest. So I'm probably more committed to the entrepreneur getting past six figures so they can be a human to work with uh, than I'm probably making a millionaire. Millionaire's great, but that, if they can't get past six figures, it's, it's sort of impossible. It's rough for them. But what were you going to ask me about those people? Their interesting oh, range? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what, what, do you, what do you take greatest satisfaction on helping them achieve, I guess? A result. I'm just going to say a result. Like, and COVID has given so many people an excuse to just be complacent. I'm going to say it, I'll say it out loud, and I'll scream it from the rooftops. It's always an excuse now. Like, none of those excuses existed pre-March 2020. I mean, people had a little more hustle in them. They wanted more. Now it's just like, oh, we'll get to it. Or they've just kind of been okay living less or not hanging out. Like, you know what I'm probably going to miss the most? <clears throat> is the, the world. I, I'm going to miss it, and I'm glad I did it. I'm, I, my kids are glad we did it. We took, you know, I took my kids all over the world. They've been to six of the seven continents. And uh, don't know in this era if that would even not only be possible if we tolerate it. So thank God we did that. All my, both my kids. My daughter doesn't remember it as much as Logan, but Logan remembers it vividly. You know, meeting Colin Powell to <clears throat> Tony Ryan Blair. We were on the Trump tour when that whole thing existed, the whole Rich Dad, you know, Poor Dad tour. You know, did all the Asia tours, Australia tours, Africa tours, Dubai, UK, been all over. So those were great days, great days. So what gives me the best um, is just when they get a result. Right, they go for it. They hit that six figures. They become accredited. They learn to raise capital and they win. I mean, I love watching that. And I, I, you know, I'd say there's a lot of clients who sign up and they're just not hungry, not enough. A lot of obstacles to get through in this navigating the politics, and which then affects the entrepreneur a lot. But you overcome it. I just keep going. I just keep going. 
Um, I think I think we got like this is a little life story. Can I ask oh. a question? Oh yeah. We got this would be a good homepage video. Yeah, I don't, I've never. I, some of this stuff I've, has never been recorded. Wow. This is serious. Like, see, it's going. I'm doing that about you. So, <laughs> I don't know. Just in a. What's the hardest part about what you do? The criticism. The criticism. Yeah, the criticism. Can Can you actually rephrase that by saying the hardest part about what I do? Mm, the hardest part of what, what I do is the criticism. I mean, I'm in a male-dominated world. Um, one of very few women who have ever taken the lead to the degree that I have, and uh, I'm probably in a handful of women who have achieved what I've achieved. I'm a millionaire in many statuses, or many industries. You know, first real estate and gas, and well, this one, publisher, author, hundreds of millions of dollars. And I do have to say, we've been, you know, Keep has been our database, which is why I'm in love with it, uh, during the duration of it. Uh, but, you know, the higher on the, the totem pole, the harder you get hit. And as a woman, it's been hit hard, you know? And I've done it to single moms, so there's a whole bunch of criticism about that that I should be home. I literally have had men in the industry say, you should be home having babies. And I said, I have babies and I take them on the road. When has your kids ever been in a boardroom with you? Yeah, so the criticism. You surround yourself. Bob Proctor taught me, he said, surround yourself with a lot of titanium. You just get through your day. Don't let people get on you. You just keep pushing out to them. Yeah. Brilliant. Great question. Cool. So this is Laurel, and you've been listening to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this, I have a couple things you can do that are completely up to you. Number one, take my quiz. Go to integratedwellsystems.com and take the quiz. You will find that there's one of four personalities, financial personalities, we call them, that you're going to fall into. So as you take the quiz, it'll actually go through and identify, are you you know, uh, in stagnant cash flow, right? Are you overpaying taxes? Do you have debt issues? You know, are you a lifestyle junkie? Where are you? And then from there, it goes to a video that actually gives you some solutions on how to correct that problem. So again, go to integratedwealthsystems.com, take my quiz, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.